Christian is a supply chain innovator from Australia and is in the U.S. working for a couple of months. He's a man with many projects. He has a podcast, writing a couple books, and is in the process of creating a startup. But at the forefront of all of Christian's projects is logistics and supply chain. Hi, Christian. Hi. How are, how you? are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. That's all right. Um, to start, how do you say your name? <laughs> my name, the full name or the last name? Your full name. Go for it. My full name is Christian David Ostrovsky. Okay. And you said that's <laughs> Polish. Yes, Polish. I'm Polish in background and I was born and raised in Australia. All right. We're taking this international today, guys. Big <laughs> deal. Um, so you grew up in Australia and then went to university. Um, and tell me a little bit about what you studied there and how you got into supply chain. So I started in supply chain back in 2012 as a, I did a cadetship program. I worked for five years and then three years ago I went back to university to finish a degree of, in logistics and supply chain management from RMIT okay. in Melbourne. And you run a podcast called Lemon. That's and right. You talk about logistics <laughs> and you said you're trying to make logistics cool. Have you done it yet? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know, not yet. I suppose. I mean, the the problem we're trying to solve is if you talk, if you go to a party or something like that, and you talk, start talking about logistics. You know, everyone asks the question, "What do you do?" And you go, "I'm in logistics." You get like this blank stare or this immediate look of, "Okay, okay, where's the closest window I can jump out of?" Because it's so boring, right? Um, so Lemon was was created, you know, literally to try and change that perception of, "Okay, hold on, we have a lot of cool stuff. We have yeah. like drones and forklifts and." All sorts of crazy things going on. So let's make it cool, but put it in context into a context where people can understand it and make it really relatable, relatable for people that, you know, don't have a degree or PhD in supply chain. And you don't do the podcast alone, correct? No, I do it with a good friend of mine called Jesse Wilson okay. back in back in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. And did you meet him in university or No, we met on a supply chain committee. Okay. back uh, a couple of years ago now and we work on a bunch of different projects so we worked on something called a, an ideathon for example which is uh, designed to bringing several things into supply chain for example young pro young professionals aspiring to be in the industry with experienced aged people veterans that know what they're doing put them in the same room uh, give them a problem statement and then put it in the hackathon format which is actually compressed into a short space of time oh, okay. we bundled all that into something called an ideathon and uh, you know that was one of the projects we work on projects like that for example so and are you participating in it or just running it and making it happen no we organized and uh, emceed it so okay very nice um and your podcast is lmn that's right lemon what does it stand for uh, logistics media network okay very nice um so I originally met you at Hacker Exchange. You did an event with Bevis and all of his incredible team. Yep. Um, I want to talk to you about the program. How did you get started on it? So the program is uh, sponsored by the university. So it's supported. You get credit points by the university that I was that I am attending or finished attending uh, by RMIT. And the program you can just you can sign up for it and you have to qualify for it. So that's there is a, quite a process to get. Uh, involved with it you do need to qualify they check you they do a background they call you interview you all that um and then once you're in you're, you're in you, you know we came to san francisco they have programs in san francisco tel aviv singapore uh a couple other places i think as well so it's a really interesting program mm -hmm. and the hacker exchange what they're trying to do is go okay we've got startup ecosystems around the world we've got people that are interested in being entrepreneurs or, or in the startup space they're, they're students or they're different, different parts of life. Either way, they're interested in that space. Mm -hmm. Let's take them to these hotspots. For example, San Francisco is obviously, you know, the, you know, the, the hotbed where all this started. Yeah. Um, financing, VCs, startups, ideas, technology, all of it is here. So let's bring them all here. Let's, let's put them in through a two-week uh, intensive program. Yeah. 
and then at the end of it they'll pitch to VCs in in San Francisco so um, yeah I got involved because I'm really interested in it I've been involved in a lot of different projects and uh, yeah to pitch in front of VCs was was a was a big tick for me I was I was really happy to have achieved that uh, and you it told well. me it went well <laughs> it went really well yeah we had um, I think it was 19 different uh, people pitching and um, it did go well. I, I was, you know, brought up at the end. Myself and four others, we were, we were like the, you know, winners or recognizers, achievers there. So that went well. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so were you on a team or were you pitching alone? No, I showed up on my own. Yep. Okay. And then your idea was completely alone. You pitched alone. You. That's right. So, I mean, you work with the people around you to help them out and they help you out and like refine ideas. Because one of the big parts of... Uh, you know, a startup idea is, okay, I, will someone actually pay for this? Or will someone think this is a good idea, for example? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where the conversations come in. So if you can find people that you can get honest feedback from as to whether this is a good idea and, uh, you know, try and refine it and validate it, that's already a big step forward because a lot of people go, oh, I've got this great idea, but it might actually just be a function of, of an app or something and it's not actually a full-blown business. So, yeah, to go back, you do uh, work with the people that you're traveling with or that you're on the program with and you'd have those conversations but overall no it was a it was a solo effort and yeah it started as something completely different than what it ended up as by the way okay i was gonna ask you that because i think i forget who i was talking to last or that night but i was like oh like what's your idea how long have you been working on it and they were like well they told me my idea was shit <laughs> and i completely <laughs> started over and i was like oh cool yeah. so did you come in with your idea how did it so that, that happened to a couple of us <laughs> like there's a couple of us where the first thing they ask is is this actually a problem and in the first three hours of the of the program i'm like oh no you i don't quickly realize I'm, I'm the the glass is breaking around me i'm going hold on this isn't actually a big enough problem it was a, it's a cool idea right um I showed up with the idea of gamifying hackathons because okay. right now you have a hackathon. People show up, you know, they might win, they might lose, they might have a great idea, whatever it is. After a hackathon, nobody sticks together to solve a recurring problem. So, you know, you could have a fantastic idea, but it doesn't actually go anywhere. And that yeah. problem, you know, you, if you gamify it and give people an incentive to stay together, they can work on problems recurringly. You know, you you, re- you resolve that problem to a, to a degree. Because hackathons are what, like twenty four hours usually. Uh, it depends. Like you, they started, you know, the programming world, and it was like a weekend. So you'd start on a Friday, finish on a Sunday, and come up with an MVP by the end of it. Yeah. Um, and there's all sorts of different people doing it now in different formats. Like marketing people do it all the time now, mm-hmm. but they call it. You know, there's different formats. There's hackathons, design thinking workshops. There's different ways to to label it. Um, but yeah, the idea was to gamify all that and and resolve resolve this issue whether after you've presented something you actually do something about it um but yeah i quickly realized on the first day that this is not um <laughs> this is not what <laughs> not happening no this is not happening it's not a good enough idea to sort of pitch to vcs and, and it's not sort of ambitious enough in that direction so i i went back to what i knew which was supply chain and uh, supply chain visibility yeah why do you think it wasn't ambitious enough um I mean, it's it's a cool idea. I still think it's a it's got merit. But if you look at companies that are really successful, you look at companies that um, you know almost market themselves to a degree. Mm-hmm. They solve an actual problem which people really click with. They're like, mm-hmm. hold on, why didn't this solution exist before? So if you come up with something cool, it's a lot harder to sell uh, that as a concept to the general public or to to whatever the customer is, um, especially if you're dealing with a B two B transaction. Yeah. So. Um, so what did your idea change into? My idea changed into something I called outcome, which is uh, supply chain visibility. So in su- the, I'll use the same metaphor that I used in, uh, in the actual pitch, which is right now 
from a business to consumer perspective, you've got the P Domino's pizza tracker, for example, mm -hmm. right? So you place an order with Domino's online, you can see exactly what's happening with that order. You know, it's been placed, it's been looked at, it's been uh, cooked, boxed, and it's on the way. You have complete visibility of what's yeah. going on. The Amazon gives you the same thing. eBay gives you gives you tracking of where your order is at. Mm -hmm. If you go behind, uh, you know, behind the scenes, the B two B transactions. A lot of the B2B transactions do not have the same visibility uh, of what's going on. So yeah. you'll have a transport and a warehouse operator and a, you know, someone who's buying stock, for example. You've got these different nodes in the supply chain. They don't have the same visibility of what's going on. So my, my solution addresses that problem. So what do you do? What's changing it? What's changing it? Yeah. Uh, well, there's... A <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I developed a model to to monetize the information flows between these nodes and give them an incentive to provide quality information. Okay. And then, so you've been traveling around America for about two months. You told me you did the... Three, yeah. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. You told me you did the loop. I did the loop, yes. Is that what you've been working on? <laughs> uh, yeah. In the background, I've been working on that and a couple other things to really refine the long-term strategy because, yeah, to to really fully achieve what, what I have in mind with this... Um, it's going to take it's going to take quite some time because I've been trying to solve this for effectively 10 years, yeah. eight years. Yeah. So going back to Australia, what's the next step? Next step. Next step is to work at it and start pitching uh, VCs back in Australia. Okay. And uh, the community is growing there very strongly and very quickly, which is great. Um, and yeah, take the idea and, and start talking to them. So. so exciting. So you're working on a couple of other things. You are writing a children's book about logistics. Yeah, that started out as a joke, but it <laughs> turned out to be um, like a legitimate thing because I, I, one of my courses, I could have done anything I wanted, one of my, the last subjects, and I go, well, I, thought, I always thought it'd be funny to write a kid's book about logistics mm -hmm. because it's so boring, you know? Yeah. You could write anything and make it, if you can make it semi-entertaining. It's boring, it's cool. It's the whole point. <laughs> exactly, so this is, this is the whole premise, right? Yeah. So what I did is I, through this course, it, it, that was the sort of prod that made me do it. Because um, I showed up thinking it would be like a really easy class. And no, you have to write a 5,000 word novel to start off with, right? <laughs> so no, I, anyway, long story short, I ended up writing the, the, I started writing the adventures of Larry Lemon, the lion who learns about logistics. Cute, cute. <laughs> and how far along are you in that? So the first book's done, and, uh, and there's okay. like a there's like a series in them. So it's not released yet. It's got it's gone to uh, to like publishers to be. Oh my gosh! At, so, yeah. I want to buy it. I want it. I'll send you a link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put it on our website yeah. when it's out. You guys can buy it. Um, and then you're working on an adult book as well. Yeah. So I'm, I kind of want to do like the McDonald's thing, where you get them in young and then you keep them through. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Never let them go. <laughs> That's right. So Larry is you know this you know edutainment book for for kids. But then uh, the other book is I actually came out with it on this trip quite early on when I was in I, was, I, love, I love bookstores for example and I love mm -hmm. the business section I'm a complete like it's my biggest vice I go in there I'll spend hours just looking at all these different books but I was looking at it and it it, it clicked to me that if you look at them you know a lot of them are self-help or financing or how to sell property or how to there's every topic you can think of but nothing is none of them are about supply chain mm -hmm. so uh if you do find, a, yeah, none of them are about supply chain, but if you do manage to find one about supply chain, you know, it's a 350-page textbook that's the most mind-numbingly boring thing in the world. <laughs> you could use it to prod up a piano or something. You know, it's, you don't want to read it. Yeah. So I started writing a book which is explaining supply chain in, in, uh, in like a fun way, in like a, in a way, relatable way that people can understand. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, so far the working title is um, 
the book about supply chain that doesn't suck. So. <laughs> and how far along are you in that? It, quite far along, yeah. I've got, okay. Yeah, so that'll that I yeah that one will will come out first probably. Yeah, yeah send me the links. I'm on it. <laughs> um, why do you think people aren't talking about supply chain? I think uh, they are talking about it in some circles, but overall, I do think there is a misperception of what supply chain is, and I think there's a lot of education to be had around. Okay, here's an industry. What do they do? Because it, it, supply chain, logistics, and supply chain legitimately underpins almost every operation you can think of. Mm-hmm. Every uh, you know delivery you're trying to do, there's a, there's an underpinning of supply chain involved. So it's some people are talking about it, but it needs to be talked about a lot more and there's a lot more education to be had mm-hmm. because if you have uh if you have a look at the trends that are going on a lot of people are jumping into e-commerce a lot of people are changing their business strategies how they deliver products faster you know people are more demanding the answer to all of these things is supply chain like having a th- fundamental understanding of even the basics puts you quite a few steps ahead because you understand okay here's the business and what it's selling and here's how it delivers it and that um it's not as scary as it seems to understand that second part mm-hmm. So did you go into college thinking like I'm gonna innovate supply chain? It's gonna be great. Or how did you absolutely not figure, <laughs> figure it out? Um, it's it's been a very crazy couple of years. I showed up when I because again I was working and then I went back to school. Um, when I first showed up, I go no, nah, this is three years. I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna go out and get a higher paying job or I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna get a um, promotion of some sort, mm-hmm. right? But then everything sort of flipped upside down because university, um, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. University is fantastic for, or college, you guys call it college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic for exploring different ideas without having to actually, you know, fully commit to yeah. that change. So if you're, if you're an accountant and then you go and be a marketer, for example. It doesn't matter, yeah. It's yeah. like you've got to make that commitment to change completely. Whereas in university, you can do different subjects and go, oh, I kind of like that, I don't like that, I do it. Yeah. And you can explore what you do or don't like, right? And... Uh, yeah, I really dived into, you know, delved well into this and starting and then when was it? 20, 2017 is when I met Jesse. We talked a lot. We we get along really well and we, we were exploring all these different ideas. In 2018, we go, okay, let's um let's really, you know, kick it up. And we started doing this podcast and just started doing things, really. That was mm-hmm. the big change. It was just start doing things. Um, and, yeah, the whole world's been flipped, flipped upside down ever since. So. so when you graduated, were you working for anyone or were you like, I'm just going to do it? Let me figure it like I know how to do this. Absolutely not. Nobody, <laughs> who knows exactly what they're doing? I don't think, that's, I don't think anybody knows exactly what they're doing. <laughs> um, no, I'm still trying to figure it out. So yeah. at the moment, I, yeah, I'm heading back, to, I'm heading back home uh, and I'll have to figure out that part. But to answer your question, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a lot, and it seems like you're doing it really well. Um, is there some – I mean, you have so many projects, and they're just, like, all so exciting and so different. What one is – I don't want to say your favorite, but what makes you feel, like, most connected and excited about supply chain? Right now, it's the content. It's okay. creating the content because it's – something I can I know I can produce for example and also it's something that's quite easily uh, distributed mm-hmm. so you can create media which is redistributed really easy like we're doing this podcast now if it's just us having a conversation it's distributed to two people and whoever else might be yeah. around but with media there's fantastic uh, leverage you can have where you can create something and then distribute it to 50 different places mm-hmm. uh, and really expand how many people consume that content and, and engage with it uh, and then you can, you know, take the Netflix model and, 
and complete the loop, see how the feedback is from that and create something else. So you can create these little cycles, which is really exciting. And that's where the content is. Um, that's why it excites me the most at the moment because uh, supply chain visibility, uh, if, you, if you look at it from a slightly more technical perspective, there's the data. You know, everyone says data is in your oil and there's plenty of data around. But uh, what's really important and what I think is the next frontier is, is context. Once mm-hmm. you have data, you've got to put it into context. So uh, right now, the education piece around the content is where, where I'm working on with the long-term view that, okay, let's take all this data and put it into context and actually action what is being uh, portrayed with the educational pieces prior. And I'm sure too, like when you're figuring out what you want to do, I know for me, like doing this podcast, I learned so much and I'm like, oh, these people, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they know so many things <laughs> and like I'm the one creating the content. But I think there's so much value too in creating something for other people, but then you're also learning so much about like, even if it's just like further explaining something, you learn more and you learn more how to give that to people. And that's super exciting. Absolutely. Like communication is such an important thing to, mm-hmm. to be able to do and, and, you know, successfully accomplish. Like it's, I mean, you don't really accomplish communication. You just do it. But <laughs> it, what, you know, creating content is, is a great thing because yeah. yeah, the education piece, like you're communicating something from, uh, what somebody understands now to what somebody can understand later. And that understanding is, is really valuable. It's, and when you can do it selflessly, it's even better. Yeah. So. Are you ready to go home? You have a long flight tomorrow. <laughs> uh, mm, no, it's a lot warmer back home. I know. You guys have had like a terrible winter. For, <laughs> the, I've been I've been sick like twice on this, and my voice isn't fully fully here yet either because I've, I've yeah. Yeah, it's cold here. It's cold. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. It was so great to catch you before you went back to Australia. It's so fun meeting you. This was starting it up. It was episode three, and we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and checking in on our website for updates on the club. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Cool. <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> Done. That was Thank good. You so much. I love it. I love it. That was fantastic. Oh.